Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode 114 of Franco's Road. We have a very funny comic, my friend, Jesse Townsend. Jesse, what's up, guy? Good to be here, man, on yeah. a rooftop. I've never recorded a podcast outside on a roof before. This is this is exciting. Yeah, man, I'm trying to, like... So I was telling you about the rebrand that I want to do. And now that I'm here in the city, like, Franco's World in and of itself has been 113 episodes. I want to transition into the Concrete Cowboy Show because we got all this concrete. I'm from, like, a country area. What do you oh, think man. of that name? I like that name. I think it's dope. Uh, Are you also yeah. just saying that because you're my friend? No, I actually like the name, too. If I, if I didn't like it because you are my friend, I would tell you yeah. I hate it. But no, I actually like the name. Uh, and you said you were going to transition into just being like a therapy session for comedians. Yeah. And, and I love that idea because there's so much to unpack with every single comedian in this city. Especially you. You have yes. a lot of you have a lot, a lot of stuff. Just a lot of stuff. And we'll get to that so stuff. Much. Uh, where can the people follow you at, Jesse? Uh, you can follow me at I'm Jesse Townsend on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, you can go to my website, jesse-townsend.com. And uh, also, if you go to like any of my social media, uh, my merch is going to be in my bio soon. You got so, merch? Yeah, I got merch coming out. You got merch? Can you yeah, show, show me a mock-up? Yeah, you got I, a mock-up? I, I do have a mock-up. This is what fire. it's all about. You're going to be, the, gonna be listen, one of the first people to see the merch. Right that's here. what it's about. If you listen yeah. to Franco's World, you know we that got merch. merch. Dropping. We got merch drop. Yep, right there. Oh, it's like, am I allowed to say what it yeah, looks like? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's, a garbage pail kit. Yeah, so if you remember Garbage Pail Kids back in the day, like the Atom Bomb, like the satirical like trading cards, I made mine Garbage Pail Kids, P-A-L-E, so I don't get sued, you know, and because I'm pasty and white. Yeah, and you're and trash. Then, and then I just have it, like, as me, <laughs> as like a, yeah, but as me as like a, uh, as like a Garbage Pail Kid type of character, like on stage with a mic in hand and then like Joker clown face yeah. makeup on and it says Jesse Clownson instead of Jesse Townsend. Dude, that's good. And uh, yeah, so I have that coming out uh, very soon. And then also if you don't like that design, I also have just like my regular logo right. as well. Now, the whole uh, Garbage Pail Kid design, are you trying to branch off of that? Like, is this like... Are you having somebody do this for you, or was this your design? Uh, so I came up with the idea of, like, Jesse Clownson and, like, a Garbage Pail Kid. And then I had a buddy of mine uh, actually make the design. Uh, you can follow him at CPAV Art on Instagram. CPAV Art. Yeah, I met him, actually, while I was living in Myrtle Beach. We'll uh, get to Myrtle. We'll get we'll to get, Dirty we'll Myrtle. We'll get to that Dirty Myrtle. Uh, but, yeah, so he actually made the design for me, and uh, it came out dope. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I was, well... I was hoping that, like, you fully, like, wrote the design, like, drew it up and everything because, yeah, like... Yeah, I'm, I'm not that skilled when it comes to, like, drawing it out. Yeah. I, I gave him a sketch of what I wanted, and then he made it what it is. Yeah. Well, I was just hoping because I'm selfish, and I was hoping that, like... It was all me. Yeah. yeah, and then you could do one for me called, like, Franklin Killer, and I have, like, a knife or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Franklin Killer. I, mean, I, I could I could match you up with the guy who did it, so... Yeah. Yeah, but, uh... But yeah, because the way I saw it was like, I wanted to have like a cool design for my merch because I've seen a lot of comedians selling merch and it'll just be like their name. Yeah. And I'm like, that's boring. Yeah. If I was an audience member, I wouldn't wear just some dude's name. Absolutely. So I was like, at least let me make it a cool shirt as well as my merch. Absolutely. I and think that's so a great idea. I came up with that idea and now they're about to go into production. So I think that's awesome. a great idea. I'll definitely cop one. I'll buy one. Yeah, I love it. For man. sure. That's such a cool idea. Are you going to get into like pants? 
you think uh, you have like some Jesse Townsend pants or something? I don't know if I'll do pants. Probably just like t-shirts and hoodies and stuff. Probably stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you though. Um, I I'm have the same idea. It's like whenever I get to the point where I where I make merch, I definitely want to have something that's like fashion forward and like something that somebody who's not even a comedy fan would be like that's cool just yeah. by itself yeah the, like the original idea was like uh andrew schultz was like the first comedian where i was like oh his merch is actually like something i would wear yeah like yeah. he had he he did like a knockoff of the anti-social social club he did anti-social justice warrior club oh okay and so it was like a knockoff and i so i had like a similar thought process i was like oh if he can like take something that's cool, make it his own. Yeah, I could take something that I think is cool and make it my own, and I just did it with Garbage Pail Kids. That's so cool, man. I feel like the '90s and '80s like nostalgia is very real right now. It absolutely is, man. It absolutely is. Uh, '90s, '80s nostalgia. Did you you big Stranger Things fan at all? I am. I am. I love Stranger Things. I love like anything that's like. Anything that's shooting right now and takes place in that time, I'm a sucker for it. Absolutely, dude. I, I just watched, it. like, all three of those movies. It was, like, camp something. I don't know. It was, like, a slasher movie. It was, like, yeah. 1994, 1978. It came in, like, a series of three on Netflix. I forgot the name of it, so I sound uh, stupid. But uh, let's uh, transition into maybe 80s and 90s comics. I don't know who your comedic inspirations are. I'm very curious. You don't have to give me a top five. I know that's tough. Okay, like... so the guy who made me want to be a comedian to begin with is not even a stand-up. Okay. Uh, it's Chris Farley. Oh, well. Chris Farley's the greatest to ever do it. Like, yeah. he is the funniest man to ever live, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I watched Tommy Boy, and I was just like, oh, that's that's what I want to do. I want to be, like, the fat guy that falls down at everyone laughs. But then I lost all the weight, so I guess I'm just, like, the skinny guy. Who Were you used, a fat guy? I used to be real fat. Like, really what? fat, yeah. Dude, your body type makes it look like you were, like, always. Yeah, no, I've lo I have lost over 100 pounds. I was at 300 pounds at one point. Yeah. I was the fat <laughs> kid in high school. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm dead serious, like, man. Exactly it's wild, It's yeah. like, you know, we look similarly I yeah guess. and it's, it's like, cool because i like i lost all the weight before like 24 and i think that's like or 24 or 25 is like the age where your body stops growing so if i lost it like later on in life i probably have like excess skin and everything but like stuff just bounced back i was like <laughs> i was like what a perfect time to lose 100 pounds yeah it's like you gotta have a kid before you're 25 it'd be down bad yeah. bears. <laughs> I, I realized i realized something about uh losing that much weight too you could easily tell who wants to fuck you after that yeah because they were like People would, they'd either phrase it, oh my gosh, you lost so much weight, like you got, you got skinny. Or people would say, oh my God, you lost so much weight, you got hot. And I'd be like, all right, like, it's, just a, it's a small, subtle difference, but that subtle difference is like, whoa, wow. all right. That's... You've been cleaning it up now that you're thin, I guess. You've been cleaning it I've up. I've been, uh, I think I've been cleaning up just ever since Pete Davidson started cleaning up, because uh, me and him look. You do. We you do look, look a little bit alike. And uh, and then you added to the character because you're like, also, I'm going to go out of my way to dye my hair. Okay, so I did not put two and two together when I dyed. That's not okay? true, bro. No, it's That's dead not, serious. It's, it's dead serious. No. I dyed the hair the day after my breakup because I was raised by a mom and an older sister. So I handle my emotions like a woman. I'm like, oh, I just got dumped. Let me change my hair. I'm <laughs> just like a big old fucking woman and uh <laughs> just a big old woman <laughs> and it's uh so i just bleached my hair 
And then I go to a comedy club that night, and they're like, ah, Pete. And I'm like, son of a bitch. How did I not think of that? Right. I was like, how did that not process? But now I've been getting the Pete comparison a lot, and a lot of women like Pete Davidson. And you know what? I won't complain. <laughs> it seems to work for you, man. I like it. You're a funny guy. He's a funny guy. I can see it, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Plus cool. Plus, he's a big part of your act. Uh, yeah, so I do have one story. I have one story that I've been working on lately, and it's based on a true story. This happened while I was in Myrtle Beach, okay, actually. Okay, okay, okay. So this is based on a true story. I was out at a bar, and uh, and a girl came up to me, and she was like, hey, you look like Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I get that a lot, actually. And then she's like, I think Pete Davidson's hot. And I was like, I think tonight just got interesting. Yeah. I was like, this seems this is great. Let's do this thing. <laughs> and then she took out her phone showed me her lock screen and it was pete davidson shirtless oh wow and i was like oh wow this is too much i was like this is aggressive you know and um it really was a lot i was like a little bit scared and then this part scared the fuck out of me she leaned into me she whispered in my ear she goes hey you can come home with me if i can call you pete in the bedroom and i was like what the fuck i'm not even like i don't even know if i was more scared by the offer or her confidence yeah her confidence is frightening i mean even if you were into something like that the balls on this woman to come (laughs) up to me and just someone she's never met and been like hey you look like pete davidson i want to call you pete davidson during sex like that is aggressive big yeah uh so in the joke on stage, I, I just say that I went home with her and I go down like that path because it's the funnier path. Absolutely. But it did not happen. I was scared shitless. I was like, I think I'm going to go home now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, absolutely the fuck not. This is not what's happening Pete, here. Pete Davidson fangirls. The thing about girls that are fans of comedy, I've noticed this on Hinge uh, since I've been in New York. It's yeah. like the girls just say they're like, I love John Mulaney. I can't get behind that. Why not? It's just like John Mulaney's fans and John Mulaney would not get along. Does that make sense? True, because his his jokes on stage are very meticulous, and he's yeah. just like he's like, guys, have you ever seen Law and Order SVU? Ice T <laughs> is a gangster, and he always talks like a gangster. And then in real life, he's going through a crisis of yeah. cocaine yeah. and divorce, and all these like. All these innocent people are just like, a lot of oh, really young girls. They're really young. And they're like, I watch Law and Order too. Yeah, <laughs> they're like unhinged. And then, and then John Mulaney's like, let's do fucking blow and ruin a marriage. I love, I love John Mulaney right now. John Mulaney is in a great like. John Mulaney just got out of rehab and he's doing shows and apparently he's talking about all of it on. Oh, stage. I need to see it. I was like, this I has to, to be the it. rawest hour of all time because every other hour, like I don't. I don't think I can name, like, a very dark Mulaney bit. No. I don't know any dark bits. Now he's talking about his coke problems, his divorce. I was like, oh, my God, this is – this new hour special from John Mulaney is going to be fucking amazing. Absolutely. Like, I always think about that. I always think about, like, if Clean Comics ever did, like, a blue hour of just, like, dirty material. Yeah. Like, if Seinfeld did a dirty yeah. hour, yeah. that would be Fucking amazing. Seinfeld's Dirty Hour would arguably his best stuff. That would be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. If Seinfeld just came out on stage and he was like, what's the deal with school shootings? I'd be like, holy fuck. <laughs> Buckle up. Fucking, this is going to be a roller coaster. Like, that shit would be crazy. 
But instead, Seinfeld comes out, talks about cereal for an hour. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? I still enjoyed it, but I really want to know what this fucker has to say about school shooting. But do you think, so Dean, your roommate, Dean David, did my also show. Also a comedian, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they know who he is. But uh, uh, the, the thing with Jerry, do you think there's a difference between Jerry Seinfeld, who we all know, and Jerome Seinfeld, who's him? You know? Like, what do you think Jerome Seinfeld is like? Jerome Seinfeld. That's his real name. That's his real name? Right? That was my reaction, to. Jerome is his real name. Yeah. I thought Jerry was short for, like, Gerald or something. No. Jerome. Jerome. Wow. He do does not Jerome, look like a Do Jerome. you think Jerome is giving opinions on school shootings at his house? I don't think so. I think Jerry is... I think we see him. I think Jerry is, like, very much that guy. Yeah. I think he's made himself into that guy. Oh, okay. So you're saying he he method acted too long to where too that's long now. that it's just who he is now. Okay. Like he is that guy now. Like I feel like I feel like he's just like during sex. He's like, what's the deal with the clitoris? <laughs> like I feel like he can't not <laughs> no, be that, that is guy. A joke in one of the episodes, he's like Dolores. Like he <laughs> yeah. says like the lady's name or whatever. Exactly. It's like I feel like he can't jump out of the character anymore. I feel like it's see that is who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So that's one of my big like comedic inspirations because I work clean and um, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, Chris Farley was a big one for you, man. I've watched that best of Chris Farley SNL multiple oh, times. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one's Matt Foley. Motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Speaker. absolutely. It's it's. I actually uh, I was the I did that bit for uh, like middle school talent show. No, for uh, so in high school, I. Uh, for senior year, I took a bunch of classes that, like, I could coast through. Oh, yeah. So, like, Drama 1, which is a freshman class, but as a senior, I was just fucking coasting. And, but I was always, like, the class clown type. So, like, uh, I think my uh, my drama teacher, like, realized this. So she played into it and, like, just kind of had most of our uh, most of our units were, like, about comedy. Oh, like, we would wow. do, like, sketches and stuff. Like, she was a great teacher. Uh, and so... Our final sketch thing, or our final like, uh, our final class assignment was like a uh, was sketch comedy. Nice. And we chose that, and I got like really into character for it, and I was like doing the whole. Uh, this was when we were fat. This was back when I was still fat, so it was so like you very really... on brand, very on brand. The fucking playing Matt Foley. Did did you think you growing up fat forced you to be funnier? Here's my thing. I think when you're fat growing up, I think you can, like, uh, I think when you're fat growing up, you get bullied into being a better person. You get bullied, bullied, bullied into works. having, yeah, bullying, bullying works. works. I think we need to bring back bullying. I'm with like, that. Here's my thing. Like, when you are fat and, um, how do I put this lightly, uh, unfuckable mm-hmm. in high school, you become funny very quickly. You yeah. need some sort of redeeming quality. Yeah. And that's why, like, since I lost all the weight, everyone's, like, everyone told me, and I think this might be my favorite compliment I've ever received. They're, like, you're so, like, great because you're, like, skinny, but you still have fat boy energy. Fat boy energy. Wow. And I was, like, Put that on, you print, know what? Print I was, shirts, like, yeah, man. fat boy energy. I fucking, I'll take that. That's better than big dick energy. Yeah. You know what? Because you can have a big dick and you could be an asshole. Right. Actually, you probably are an asshole if you have a big dick. If I had a big dick, I'd be like, ah, whatever, I still have a big dick. Who fucking cares, you know? I'd be fucking rolling around just as an asshole. Yeah. But because I used to be fat and I don't have a huge dick, uh, 
Yeah. Any ladies interested? <laughs> Any ladies interested in that I ringing wanted, endorsement? I wanted to keep it straight. That ringing endorsement of me. I uh, wanted to keep it straight, but then you yeah. then you paused because I you're paused. like, you, like, you like, yeah, I even oh, realized, wait. yeah. I was like, this is not a great spotlight <laughs> on me. When you pause, when you like, pause I was like, oh, he's, he, he's stuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but nah, I have like, uh, but being fat. Being fat, yeah. <laughs> Being fat and mediocre dick size uh, will really make you have a good personality because you need to have something to offer right. to these people. If you were just a fat kid in high school who wasn't funny, you would just be in the friend zone with every girl. Like, every girl would love to be your friend. But, like... Oh, I was still friend zoned oh, okay. by every girl in okay. high school. I didn't know if it helped or not. Yeah, no, it didn't help in the lady department at all. Um... But uh, I feel like I feel like if you're fat and not funny, you don't even make it to the friend zone. Right. You're just the fat guy in the corner. Now, that sucks. You don't want to be the fat guy in the corner. No, you don't. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Like that's why I'm on board with fat shaming, though. Like I, I, I think as a former 300 pounder, I'm allowed to fat shame. Yeah. You live that life. I lived that life. Like I think I've earned the the, the fat shaming card, you know. And also, I think it fucking works. I would, my experience I was like, the bullying, amount of times yeah. I've been called fat is probably what led me to get skinny. Absolutely. My experience with bullying, um, when I was early in high school, you know, you're still trying to find yourself, figure out who you are. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to like be into fashion and I'm going to wear like a pink shirt with like baby blue shorts. And it's yeah. like people were calling me the F word and it wasn't fat. Uh, and I was like, uh, and so I was like, you know what? Let's start wearing regular people clothes. How about that? Bullying worked for me there. Bullying works. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want to see fashionable Franco again. I want to see, I want to see the fashion come back. I've changed my look now a little bit. So it's like, I still have like my clothes that like, you know, I still have boots and I still wear some like denim, but like I'm getting more into streetwear. Yeah. Streetwear Like the, like the, uh, like, um, the Japanese stuff, but not. Like, the thing with fashion and me, it's like, you see the clothes on the runway, and you're like, who would wear that? Yeah. That's not a wearable thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not into avant-garde type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, nah. I really like wearable clothes. And, yeah. uh, like, this is the basic fit I have on now, you know? But it's a good fit. You have a nice fit on, too. The thank shoes, you, thank you. You guys can't see the shoes. The shoes make the fit for Jesse right now. Shoes. Put them up there. Yeah, the camera just got ah. knocked out of place. Yeah, it's all good. I'm just kidding. All right. No, I actually love those shoes, man, and I need to get into sneakers more. I'm about yeah. to, I'm just gonna buy reps. I'm just I'm gonna buy fakes. Very, I'm very into sneakers. I'm gonna buy fakes, bro. Yeah. I'm gonna buy fakes. Uh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Honestly, it's it's not worth it to buy like the most like expensive hype beastie shoes. Like these ones, there's more expensive like colors of it, and I was like, nah, I just want the plain, the cheap ones that I can actually afford to get and just. But they look rock good. These. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I love these ones. I'm really big into sneakers. I think uh, I think it revolves around my love for basketball is how it started. Okay. Because, you know, like, Jordan's Sneaker wearing culture. the shoes. Absolutely. Yeah, LeBron's wearing the shoes. And then, like, just, like, all of those, uh, I think that's where the love started was, like, through basketball players. Because I was, like, I feel like I feel like I always wanted to, like, I always had a connection with basketball because I'm 6'5". Right. No, but, you're not. Uh, I am. You're six foot six. Six foot six. I round we had down. This, we had this the I other round day. down. I round down. Who rounds down? I round down. We did this the other day because we were standing outside of a venue, and I go, yeah, I'm six foot three with these uh, these shoes on. And you go, 
I think you're six foot. And I go, I have been measured by doctors. Jesse, I am not six feet tall. And you, I go, how tall you go? You go, I'm six foot five and three quarters or whatever. I'm like, you're six, six with shoes on. Yeah. And you round down. I round down. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. I feel like six, six is too tall. I feel like six, five is even a bit too tall. No, it's not. Here's the six, deal. seven is too tall. Here's the deal with now. Here's the deal with being this tall. Okay? Here's the deal with being tall. Here's the deal. No, but being this tall, like, kind of sucks. Like, every girl's like, oh, I want, a, I want a tall guy. No, you want a guy who's three inches taller than you because you'll be at eye level when you wear heels. That's all you want. You don't want someone 6'5". Yeah. You just don't realize it until you are actually dating that person. Because all of a sudden, I have to crouch down to your level to make out. Oh, yeah. So I look like, like I look like Quasimodo <laughs> fucking trying to make out with you. That's not hot. Yeah. I was like, no one actually wants a six foot five person to date. No girl wants that. The same way everyone's like, oh, fucking, <laughs> we want we want a funny guy. Yeah, you want a funny guy. You don't want the comedian though. That's no. not who you want. No, absolutely. Because we not. end up talking about you on stage, and you're gonna get you're gonna get hurt feelings over yeah. it. Yeah. Even though it's all just jokes. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I went to a Mets game with a girl yesterday, yeah. and she was five foot three. I'm six foot three. It's a whole foot, yep. A whole foot difference. What do you think about that? That's uh, just four of my penises difference. Right <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think I think a foot is the biggest difference you can survive. Yeah, a foot. I think a foot is the biggest difference you can survive. Anything more than that is ridiculous. I'm six foot five. The shortest girl I ever dated was five one, and it was not okay. Yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm talking to a child. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was like, all right, I'll drop you off at daycare after. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? It doesn't like, it doesn't compute well. We got to get back to basketball. I'm tired of talking about the kid stuff. Let's talk about basketball. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about basketball a little bit. Is that yeah. like your main like sport that you're into? My main sport is probably football. And more specifically, the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my God. I am a diehard Eagles fan. So I grew up in Baltimore. But my whole family's from Philly. Yeah. And it was pretty much, you're an Eagles fan or you're not a Townsend. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was like, it was like, like if you're in the family, you're fucking, you're an Eagles fan. Townsend is, Which is such are you, a, Irish? Uh, yeah, I'm Irish. Yeah. Uh, so they really beat it. Yeah. Anyway. And so it was like, yeah, they really, like, made sure I was an Eagles fan. And it sucks because I grew up in Baltimore, so all my friends got two championships before I even got one. Right. And my team has been along, like, been around, like, 50 years longer. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, it sucks to be an Eagles fan. But then we finally got that Super Bowl, and, boy, was that, like. That Super Bowl was awesome. That was one of the highlights of my life. That, that shit was, was amazing. So cool. Oh, my God. It was phenomenal. I was watching it on the couch with my dad. Uh, we FaceTimed my grandparents. It was like when you've been that shitty at sports for so long, like, it is an event in your life yes. when that happens. Yes. Like, it was a big deal when we won. We FaceTimed the grandparents. They're all going crazy. We're fucking. That's what I think people don't realize when they just read those headlines of, like, Philly burning down their city after we won the Super Bowl. We were like, we never expected to ever win a Super Bowl. Right. So when that finally did happen, we were like, I guess we don't need the city anymore. <laughs> we're like, mission accomplished. Let's burn it down. Yeah, Fuck it. I mean, Let's you celebrate. Put up, you put up a statue of a person who didn't even live there. You got the Rocky statue. That's all fictitious. That's my favorite thing ever. That they build a before, before the Super Bowl win, our sports hero 
was Rocky Balboa, a <laughs> fictional character. That is how bad Philadelphia is at sports, that our sports hero is a made-up dude. Yeah. Made-up guy. Rocky Balboa is our guy. Also, even better than that, Rocky Balboa loses to Apollo Creed in the original Rocky movie. He does. Because in their minds, when they were writing it, they were like, oh, well, he's a Philly sports hero. He's got to lose. We're making a sports movie, not a sci-fi. If Philly wins, it's but not realistic. Rocky Four, he beats Drago, and it's arguably the best Rocky. People are like, oh, they I don't think keep... that's the best Rocky. I think it's the best Rocky. They're the like... best Rocky is clearly number three. You got you got Mr. T in it. Is that That's not the one where he fights Hulk Hogan, right? Is that two? Is Hulk Hogan two? I don't remember. You know what? This guy, Philly fan. All right. Good. <laughs> There's but, too uh, many Rockies. I'll say that much. But no, I'm telling you, bro. So. Rocky Four is the best one. He beats Ivan Drago. The the music is great in it. Training. And it's like a big metaphor because yeah. that was like height of the Cold War. USA, Russia. You know? And then they have this. He's like, I can change. You can change. Yeah. We can all change. Did you yeah. see him in that new... Uh, uh, superhero movie, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone plays a superhero. Yeah, he's in. Uh, he's in the here. new Suicide Squad. Get the fuck out of here! Sylvester Stallone's in the Suicide Squad. Oh my god! Yeah, he plays a he plays a shark. Like it's like a humanoid shark, and he's like essentially like he's like an idiot. Like he can't like say words. So he's like, I eat this. I eat. Oh yeah. yeah. Like he can't talk. So he's just Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. He's Sylvester Stallone. They're like, hey, Sylvester, just go in there. And it's like... It's Be like, yourself. Yeah, they handed him a menu go for like a restaurant with- like down the street. And he's like, I eat this. And it's like, they're like, okay. Yeah, that I'm makes like, that sense. That works. That yeah. works. Check it out, man. Check it out. All right, so let's get back to comedy real quick. Uh, do you have any like comics from Philly that you admire? Like Kevin Hart's a big guy. Big J. Ogerson is a Philly guy. Who else is a Philly guy? So, uh, as far as that goes, I never, like, I only ever started comedy in New York. Okay. Uh, I've never, my, so, I, I don't really look up to anyone just because of, like, where they're from. I think if I started in the Baltimore scene or if I started in the Philly scene, maybe I would have looked up to those guys that came out of those scenes. Right. Like, I feel like anybody who came up from the Boston scene, like, their god is Bill Burr. Absolutely. Like, I feel like a lot of people are very, like, they look up to who is, like, the goat from their scene. Yeah. So I don't think I have a true connection to any of those guys just because I did come up through New York. Uh, and it was wild because, like, I moved here with the intent of doing stand-up comedy without ever trying an open mic. Wow. Like, I dropped out of college and moved up here without ever going on stage. I just knew that I wanted it. Wow. And uh, it was... Well, let's, let's talk about that. Like, what was, made you uh, finally make that jump? Uh, oddly enough, I'm in college for about two weeks before I drop out. So you go, and you go to Welcome Week with the best. I parties. go to Welcome Week. Uh, I, I syllabus, parties, no class, and then you're yeah. like, I'm out. Yeah. So I get my first writing prompt from my writing professor, and uh, the writing prompt is, uh, if money was no object, what would you do? Uh, and uh, I talked about how I would pursue stand-up comedy, and she came to me afterwards, and she goes, Hey, you're the only person that wrote about still working. She's like, everyone else talked about being on the beach every day, traveling the world with friends and family. You still chose to work. I had never seen comedy as a job before. Yeah. It always was a dream. It always was like never a realistic, like achievable thing. And so once I saw it as a job, I was like, all right, I can drop out right now, 
moved to New York and chased the job I really fucking want. Yeah. Or I can go into crazy amounts of debt to go get this shit marketing job. Like, it's... It was pointless for me. I was like, I'm not going into debt for a job I don't even want. I right. was like, I, I, I was like, the way I saw it was like, I'd be crazy to stay in college, even though most of the world saw me dropping out of college and moving to New York for comedy after never even trying it. They saw that as the crazier that, option. The fact that you'd never done it before is pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. It was a very, uh, it was a very crazy uh, time for me. Yeah, man. And uh, like looking back on it, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a single yeah. thing of it. Well, uh, look where you are now, man. It's like it's so cool because like, you know, I saw you a few months ago at Joey Bats, and I was like, who is this guy? He did really well. And then like, I just randomly like meet you in like my first weekend here, and you were just like the same dude off stage as you were on stage, and like you're the same around all your friends. I love that man. Yeah, I try. I guy. try to be as authentic as possible on stage. Like I most of my most of my like material on stage is like all just true stuff that goes on yeah. through my life. Yeah. And then, and then I don't really turn it off. There's no on off switch with me. I just hop on stage, and it's just still me. Yeah. Like, and that's yeah. that's one thing I've been definitely working towards. Uh, everybody when they first start out, does impressions of comics they admire. And yeah. I've already went through that stage. And everybody, when they're, you know, early on, is, like, doing impressions of what they think being a comedian is. Yeah. And now I'm at the point where I've stopped doing impressions of what I think comedians should be, and I'm trying to start being, like, a real person. Yeah. It's not even necessarily... It's not even necessarily writing relatable material for the audience it's writing relatable material for yourself that gets them on board with you if that makes sense yeah i think honestly i think the hardest part about comedy and not even just comedy but just like growing into being your own person is like finding your voice yeah as cliche as that sounds like it's it's really just like about finding your voice and i think i think it's a lot more the main focus when your voice is how you are trying to get paid. Like when right. you're a comedian, your voice, like you need to find it quicker than everyone else. Yeah. Like we're, we're both very young and I think a lot of people don't find their voice until they've gone through their whole twenties and like experienced like a lot of being like a decade worth yeah. of being on their 24? own. I'm 23. Okay. And so I think, I think a lot of people don't really get their voice and their sense of direction to like 30. And I, I, started comedy at 18 trying to find my voice so i could go share my voice with rooms full of strangers every night and like i think it's a i think it matures you a lot quicker I yeah think it definitely matures you a lot quicker because you're like how do i like you really like have to look into yourself and it'll be like all right what what part of this is worth sharing? Yeah. It definitely changes the way you view yeah. the world yourself because like definitely something sure. bad may happen and you're like what can I do to dance around and toe the line to make it funny? So that's the thing. With me growing up, I was always like that. My go-to my go-to was always, hey, this is a shitty situation. Let me crack a joke because I can't handle yeah, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like, like, I was at my grandpa's funeral, like killing the audience. <laughs> yeah. I was uh like when my parents got divorced, I was like fucking just like trying to crack jokes with my sister or yeah, whatever yeah and you know it's like like no matter what i've always tried to like 
Like when I when I told my mom that I was uh, dropping out of college, moving to New York City, doing all this stuff, I actually got kicked out of the house uh, by my mom uh, on Thanksgiving, and uh, I was like, I, it was it was crazy to me, and I just I remember that day I went, uh, I called up my sister who was still eating dinner, so I was walking, <laughs> I was walking because here's the thing about Thanksgiving, all of your friends and family are at the dinner. So when you get kicked out there, you have no one to give you a ride. Right. So it's like the worst day to get kicked yeah. out. Uh, so I called up my sister and I was like, man, fuck mom. Like she doesn't get it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, how dare her like kick me out of my house. Like on Thanksgiving. Like who does she think she is? Right. The pilgrims? <laughs> like, what fucking... And I was just like, like, no matter what, like, the shittiest situations, I always, like, just try to diffuse them with a, like, with a joke. Like, even, like, I, we'll slowly move on to, like, Myrtle Beach and everything, but, like, when I was down there, because comedy wasn't happening as much as it was here for me, like, I got into a weird place where I was drinking way more than I probably should have been. Right. Especially because the government was bankrolling it. They were like, here's $600 a week. Yeah, and I was like, trying. all right. I'm going to go get shit-faced hammered again tonight. Absolutely. And so I was drinking, like, a lot. And uh, one night I drank too much, uh, and I uh, dislocated my knee air guitaring. And uh, don't worry, it gets whiter. Uh, I dislocated <laughs> my knee air guitaring to Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. <laughs> and I go down, I hit the floor, and uh, uh, my one of the people I showed up at the bar with was like, Oh, don't worry. Uh my boyfriend's the bartender, and he has EMS training. He'll fix this for you. He's had knee problems. He comes over. He goes, holy shit, dude, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. I guess I stopped believing. I was uh, like, fuck. Good. And he just he starts fucking laughing. My knee's four inches to the left of where it should be. It's fucking – and he pops it back in, and which is one of the most gangster things to ever happen, like, yeah. in a bar. Just the bartender popping a knee back in. That is pretty cool. And on then, the dance floor, just, like, casually. The band didn't stop playing yeah. either. It was, it was a fucking wild night. <laughs> Myrtle Beach, um, one of the craziest places Absolutely. I've ever lived Absolutely. in my life. Um, Myrtle Beach, for everybody in, like, my home state of West Virginia, Yeah. as far as they're concerned, anywhere south of West Virginia is Myrtle Beach. That is like the only place they go. They're like, yeah. oh, we're going on vacation where? Myrtle. Dirty Myrtle. I love that the people of Myrtle call it Dirty Myrtle. Dirty Myrtle. Like, you know, you know you're gonna have a good time if the people there are so trashy, they're like, yeah, we're dirt. We're <laughs> dirty myrtle. Fucking welcome to Dirty Myrtle. Let's get fucking shit. Myrtle Beach. I'm like, myrtle hell beach, yeah, let's myrtle do this beach. thing. Dude, I fucking I had such a good time down there. It was it was wild. Uh, I definitely drank way more than I should have down there. But well, that's I, just I Myrtle. Have a that's good time. Myrtle culture. You that's weren't Myrtle drink, culture. You weren't yes. drinking too much. You were drinking on. You par. were drinking on par with the other Myrtle Beach residents. Yes. But here's the problem: everyone in Myrtle Beach is an alcoholic. Also true. But it's just like undiagnosed because they're like, ah, we're fucking it's Myrtle, Myrtle, baby. We're not alcoholics. We just live in dirty Myrtle. Ah. Can you get like, yeah. on those like? scooter rental things and not get a DUI? I don't know. Do you ever ride one of those, though? No. You know what I'm talking about, right? The electric scooters, the, right? they're, they're yeah. just It's all, like, high school kids Stroud, on spring break yeah. just zipping around the city. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. They don't have those in Myrtle Beach, though. 
That's a, I swear that was on Myrtle Beach. Like the moped looking things. I feel like I didn't see many of them in Myrtle Beach. I don't know. Were you down there during the pandemic? I was, but they pretended like it never happened. Oh, okay. Like the mask mandate stopped at thing at uh at Halloween. Yeah. Like it was over in October. They were like, ah fucking they're like the vaccine's rolling out in like six months anyways. <laughs> You'll be fine. I was like, what the fuck? That math doesn't add up. <laughs> everyone everyone in South Carolina does not believe in COVID. Yeah. Like it was wild. And also most people in West Virginia also yeah. don't. Yeah. It was crazy, man. It was like I knew it was a fucked up place because people believed in my comedy career more than they believed in the vaccine. <laughs> I was like, you guys have your priorities in the wrong order. Yeah. I was like, but. Uh, Did my my uh, roommate in years past, he uh, he played for the Pelicans. Were they playing whenever you're down there? Like the baseball team, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans? Oh, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Yeah. So, uh I did not go to a game. I feel like you But I should have. You would have went there. You would have had like dollar beers that come in like a fake baseball bat. Yes. You would have just all day. Oh my God. I wanted to get hammered there so badly. I never went to a game. That's my one regret about living there. Also, second regret, probably dislocating my knee. And third is living there. Yeah, third <laughs> living there. Yeah. So it was, it was a weird time for me. I had so much... Uh, just so many fucking wild stories there. That Pete Davidson thing happened down there at the bar. I can't believe there's a Pete fan in Myrtle Beach. Oh my God, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're in it's, the crevices and the, no, the gutters they're, they're and the nooks everywhere. and crannies. Pete Davidson has a cult following of just like of just women, and it's it's bizarre to me. What type and of woman is it though? It's not one specific type. Like that's the weird thing. Like I thought it would be like a, a like a niche group. It's yeah. not though. Like Mulaney fans are a niche group. Like I, I I'm not too big on TikTok. I haven't posted a clip in a while on yeah. TikTok. Yeah. But when I first started it, I would post a joke and it'd be like a couple hundred views. I'd post a Pete Davidson just like throwaway joke. Instantly five thousand views. The fucking the people are obsessed with this guy, and because I look like him, people are just I have the weirdest interactions yeah. with people. I have, like, interactions that no normal person should ever have to go through. <laughs> like, I literally heard someone yell across the street, Ariana Grande's out of your league. And then I just yelled back, I'm not that guy. <laughs> to which he responded, I know. I was like, so you just called me an ugly, you just called Pete Davidson ugly. And then you were like, also, you're not him. So you're even uglier. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck kind of conversation? Did also, this <laughs> happened on a New York street, so we yelled across uh, the street oh, yeah. at each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck is my life? Like, what is this? Honestly, the Pete Davidson thing is just so bizarre to me because it's like, it's so much. There's so many weird interactions I go through with it. And it's just always. It, it always surprises me for some reason, even though I should be used to it by now. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. There's, I'm trying to think of like, cause I was on TikTok for a while too. And people in the comments on TikTok, like on every TikTok, it does not matter yeah. what the subject that it is or who it is. Yeah. People just love to speculate who that person looks like on there. Yeah. So it's like me, uh, like my, who do you get as your, I life? had, gosh, who did I have? There's this one like YouTube kid named like Bay Balin Levine, Baylene Levine. He's like a YouTube kid. They said I look like him. 
somebody said young Jeff Goldblum. That's that anybody who's tan and has round glasses. They say they look like yeah. Goldblum. Um, I honestly don't know. I had a really nice haircut at one point in time. They said I looked like the guy from uh, You, the show You. Oh, okay, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know who I look like. I don't know who I look like. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I know I look like Pete Davidson, and it sucks. Oh, Adam Driver. I get Adam oh, Driver. Oh, I actually see that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Driver. Okay, Kylo Ren over here. I yeah. See it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You big Star Wars guy? I am a big Star Wars guy. Big Star Wars nerd. I, uh, I like to watch them like once a year around Christmas time when they're all on TV. Yeah. I like to go through them all. What do you think of the new trilogy? I didn't like the new trilogy, but I liked Mandalorian a lot. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Mandalorian's uh, cool. Honestly, I don't like... I really don't like the new trilogy or like the, even the prequels. It's like, like there was so much... The original three done. movies and then the Mandalorian is like kind of like the only shit I really fuck with that hard. But. I just feel like with the new trilogy... They could have like, well, they like, fucked up. They fucked up by having like zero continuity. They're like, J.J. Abrams is doing it, and then they're like, no, nah, second movie, let's do Ryan Johnson. So it's a whole new story, and then they're like, third movie, let's go back to Abrams. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Right. You can't write fucking three stories and have the beginning and end written by the, the same dude, but the whole middle of it is just some other dude. Like it's it's. There was so much. It like, was so set up to fail that like it was. There was so much left on the table with like Ray. I felt yeah. like they could have done more with her and uh, uh, Finn. Like Finn's yeah. character, I thought like his whole story was like, all right, he was like an ex, uh, ex stormtrooper. I thought that was a badass storyline. Truly, and it, I feel like so many badass storylines were there that JJ Abrams set up, and then Ryan Johnson came in and was like, nah. What do you what think about Ray being a characters? Palpatine though? Do you think that was a good twist? I think that was a solid twist. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It was just, uh, I don't know. I was just not a huge fan of it. I think they fucked up by just not letting J.J. Abrams do the whole, like, three yeah, movie I don't know why you I don't would... know why that wouldn't happen. Or or if it wasn't going to be J.J. Abrams, let Ryan Johnson do the whole three. Yeah. Like, I think they're both good filmmakers. I think if you let one person do the whole trilogy. Like, I, I love the Batman trilogy by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I think if that fucking second movie was written by some other guy, probably yeah. it would suck. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It would Christopher probably Nolan, suck. Wes Anderson, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, you'd be like, what the fuck what is, is this? this? Yeah. There's like foxes running around and stuff. I would actually love a Wes Anderson A Wes Batman Anderson movie. Batman? That would be dope. <laughs> that would actually be An all black, awesome. all black Adidas tracksuit. Yes. I like it. Now, Adam Sandler as Batman? That might work. That could work. Adam Sandler is like an actual actor is good. Like people don't give him enough respect for like his acting ability. Yeah, he has fun, but like yeah. he's having fun. Like Uncut Gems is great. Uncut Gems was good. Uh, some people would say it's the greatest movie of all time, but those people would be wrong. It's true. It's <laughs> true. Me as like a, a guy who used to be a gambling addict, I love that movie. Oh my god, I am still a gambling addict. I really? am like, oh, oh yeah, we talked about the this. worst. I'm the worst. So I'll I'll win a bunch of money and then I'll just like. Here's my thing. I do the sports. I do the online sports gambling. Right. And so my winnings don't go into my account. They stay on. They stay on the app. Right. You got to transfer them over. And I'm the worst with that because whenever I win, I just go let it ride, no. baby. Fucking no, dude. I had uh, I had McGregor beating Poirier or Poirier beating McGregor in the first round. Yeah. And it happened. That's big. It was a bit of a long shot bet, and I had like two hundred eighty dollars on my betting account. And I was like, 
fucking England versus Italy tomorrow. Let's do this thing. Fucking England, baby. And then Italy took it. I was like, ah, fuck. But you know what? You know what? Here's the thing. I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> so the putting a lot of money on one bet is my equivalent of skydiving. When England versus Italy went to penalty kicks, yeah. I was like, oh, this is me jumping out of a plane. I'm fucking sitting by the TV. Like, I can win a grand right here. I'm fucking sitting by the TV just, like, watching it. I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And we lost. I was like, fuck. But it was like. That's three penalties. Yeah. Three of them, man. That was brutal. You watched it? Yeah, I watched yeah. it. I actually won money on the game, unlike you. You took Italy? Yeah. Fuck, I should have texted you. I took England. And man. I also like had. Fucking bomb. So my new betting strategy, I can't reveal it. Because yeah. I don't want everybody to have it. But, like, you can't, like, can't lose, essentially. It's like, you're cheating the system, essentially. And uh, I had, like. Had a tie. I had first half over goals. Nailed that. Yeah. Had a, a tie for the whole game. Nailed that. And then I had Italy, like, outright, no matter what, at the end of the game. Nailed that. So I went three for three on that one. I'll tell you the strategy off air. I'll tell you okay. the strategy okay. off air. See, my thing is, like, I'll do, like, a bunch of, like, low dollar amount bets on, like, big odds. Yeah. So once a year, once a year, I always do uh, I always do this. And I think every every football fan should do this bet. Yeah. Uh, Eight-way parlay on division winners. Just do it. It's, put 10 bucks on it. The payout's going to be like $900 if you hit. And you, when you think about it, you're like, oh, I can pick all eight. I, I've gotten very close. I've picked seven out of eight before. And I've picked, I've picked most years, I'm like six for eight, seven for eight. I, I'm, I feel like I'm bound to hit on it eventually. And I only bet like 20 bucks a year on it. And it's like pick all eight. If, if you go eight for eight on division winners, it pays out. The odds are usually ridiculous. What if, though? Because it does sound like you're good at that. What if, though, you just attracted a one that maybe you weren't sure about and, like, you just nailed a six-teamer? Yeah. I mean, you just can do that fun. if you want. I like I like living on the edge, man. I love these, like, long parlays. I had one parlay that went fucking crazy yeah. on, uh, what was it? Uh, I bet on DeAndre Aiden. During the like the Suns playoff run, yeah, and yeah, I had, yeah. I had a, uh, I had one bet. Uh, the over under on his rebounds always hammer the over with that guy. He was doing like fourteen. He was plus killing rebounds me in the finals. In fucking, though. Yeah. I had him in the finals for uh, oh, rebounds. He was killing no, me. He, he was not that great in the. Finals. No, he wasn't. He did not show up. And that's why the Bucks are champs. Yeah. If he showed up, it could have been a different story. But yeah. um. But yeah, I was taking uh I forget what series it was. But I took the over on rebounds, the over on points, and the under on assists, and it hit all three. And I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I remember that was a huge pay. I love doing like parlays on just like like that type of thing. I, I really think the easiest one is the eight team parlay though, yeah. every year, man. Like I'm picking my division winners now and I, th- I think I might actually follow your advice here because the NFC East seems too hard to pick. Also, I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm biased. And I I want to pick the Eagles even though I'm pretty sure they won't take the NFC East. Yeah. But it is a garbage division, so you never know. Like, yeah. it could be. I'll never believe in the Cowboys. I will never believe in the Cowboys. Until they actually do it, I will never believe in the Cowboys. They could win that division every year, but yeah. they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. I just have no faith in that franchise. Yeah, no, it's because the Cowboys are a garbage franchise. Yeah. 
I mean, I might be a bit biased because I'm an Eagles fan. Right. And we play them twice a year, and it's our biggest rivalry. But the Cowboys are the you worst. Think, you think Eagles-Cowboys is a bigger rivalry than Eagles-Giants? Yes. Why? I think New York is just – New York wants to have a rivalry so bad with us. And I just think Dallas versus Philly has always been – at least to me, it just seems more – it it's, seems it's, like there's more blood between I'll it. get the roommate in. I'll get Pat in here. He's a giant. You can fan. bring you him out him, here. You and him can battle it you out. You can bring us. him out here. But I will say, between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cowboys, there was a kicker that switched teams between those two teams. Dan Bailey. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, this is, like, way back. I'm guessing. This is way back. But they, uh, they switched between teams. Yeah. And there was a bounty placed on a kicker's head. They wanted to injure a kicker. The man you are not allowed to touch during football. Who who put the bounty on him? Uh, I can't remember Philly, which Philly I, or Dallas. I can't remember which way it went, but I'm assuming because it's scummy, probably Dallas yeah. put the bounty on it. Uh, I could be completely wrong. I mean, Philly's kind of Philly's kind of tough. Philly's kind of tough. I drove Lyft in Philly for a year. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Interesting experience. You ever do it on like a Sunday after an Eagles game? No, no, no. I, I lived in Allentown, and so I only went to Allentown. Yeah, love me some Allentown. I performed in Allentown. Oh Where? My uh, not technically Allentown, like right outside Emmaus, PA. Emmaus. 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 Yeah. Emmaus, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been the, there. The, the House and Barn. I love that place. Did a couple shows there. Yeah. Uh, one during the pandemic. One. You should. Since you then. should try to. I want to try to um, get one in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was really cool. Yeah, was like, there any good venues out there? Or? Yeah, they had yeah. one art center. They said they bring comedy in there. Yeah, so should, once I work on my skills a little yeah, bit, yeah, let's fucking go to Bethlehem. I, dude, uh, Bethlehem. Uh, who sings about Bethlehem? Uh, I don't know. Billy, Billy Joel, Joel Billy sings about Allentown. Allentown yeah. But he said no. He says Bethlehem in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shut in all the factories now. Yeah, that's right. Him I and love me some Billy Joel. Really? Oh, I'm such a diehard Billy Joel. I'm not. Fan. I'm, I'm a Billy I'm a Joel fan. guy. I like both of them. But but if I had to choose. I think I go Billy Joel, honestly. I think I lean Billy Joel. All these weeks we've been talking about how big of Springsteen fans you and I are, and now we you're are, gonna, and, and now I'm dropping the bomb on you. Billy that I'm Joel a bigger guy. Billy Joel guy. I'm a much bigger Billy Joel guy because here's the deal: Billy Joel has been my most listened to artist the past three years in a row. Because Billy Joel is my shower music. Okay, dude, he's got nothing but sing-alongs. I put on the Billy Joel Essentials playlist on Apple Music. Yeah, hit shuffle. I just fucking go at it, singing along in the shower every damn day. Yeah. Dude, he never hits. It's nothing but sing-alongs. Bruce Springsteen, great musician. Not all of his songs are sing I Yeah. I'll give you that. Also, it's a very much different vibe with uh, Bruce Springsteen, whereas I feel like even Billy Joel's like sad songs are still like an upbeat, kind of like happy vibe. Yeah. When, when Springsteen <clears throat> goes sad, he goes fucking sad. Full sad. Full sad. Full sad. Fucking Nebraska. Yeah. If I heard that in the shower, I'm crying in the shower. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to cry naked. That's not a. That's Lincoln, not a place Nebraska. Yeah. I'm curling up during that. I do love Springsteen though. I think I love Springsteen because Springsteen is like, he's an old man now, but he's still very much like the misunderstood teenager. <laughs> he's like his anthem is like born in the USA, and he's like, man, fuck this country, and everyone was like. Yeah, we love this country too, Bruce. And he's like, that's not, not it. Yeah. He's like, you guys don't get me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I love that Bruce Springsteen. 
is a grizzled old man that's just like, you don't get me. I was like, I fucking love it. Who's going to have to tell all the all the Republican dads in South Jersey and Philly that Bruce Springsteen's a massive Democrat? Who's going to have to break that news to them? That's wild. When they were like, I loved that because it's, it's just so funny when people were like, he performed at like the the, Demi- the Democrat like yeah, National the DNC Committee or whatever, the DNC, yeah. yeah. And then, like, the Republicans were like, we have Ralph Macchio. And I was like, what? I was like, dude, what? you can't compete. It's like, you're, like, trying to compete with, like, Coachella versus, like, <laughs> Fire a TED Talk. Yeah, yeah Firefest. Firefest, yeah, that's a better one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, him him and uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. You know John Mellencamp? He's a Democrat. Democrat? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I love John Mellencamp so much. He came Jack out. Jack and Diane, right? Yeah. He yeah. Came, Pink Houses is, like, a big metaphor about, uh, like, you know, social hierarchy, projects, stuff like that. But uh, the Iraq war was going on or whatever. And um, what's it, uh, Mellencamp was like, we got to we gotta bring the boys home. I, I don't know why we're over there fighting and messing with people that don't need to be messed with. And, like, the whole crowd was like, boo! Like, That's crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, man. That's wild. I'm such a big John Mellencamp fan because he talks like no other person ever talks. Yeah. He's like little ditty about Jack and Diane. Dude, he smokes like. I was like, "What is a ditty?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm not, the only ditty I've ever heard of is P Diddy." I was good. like, "A little ditty?" It's good. I was like, "I don't know." That man talks like no one I've ever heard talk, but he is the greatest. Love John Cougar Mellencamp. Love him. Uh, love Springsteen. Who else do you like to listen to? Oh, my my playlist is all over the place. Uh, like, I listen to pretty much everything. I'm a big Green Day fan. Gross. I'm a big uh, Sam Cooke fan. Sam Cooke. Sam Don't Cook. know much about history. Don't know much. That guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sam Cooke. I love that. Uh, uh, big fan of... This mic these, is going to pick all that up. This mic is going to pick up all these sirens. Don't worry about it. They're arresting me for saying Sam Cooke and Green Day back to back. <laughs> They're like, this man has the worst taste. Yeah. Mine's like... Mine's like Grateful Dead, John Mayer, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, okay. It's all very mine similar. is mine is very all over the place. I have like, three Johns in my life: John Fogerty uh, from Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. John Cougar Mellencamp and John Mayer. Those are my three Johns. Dude, so my I actually have a playlist that uh, I call uh, "Music White Dads Listen to at Barbecues." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's nothing but bangers from like the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Plug that on Spotify. Uh, you guys can yeah, find that. Well, on it's on it's on Apple Music. Never so redacted. Yeah, redacted. But uh, on Apple Music, uh, it's a lot of Hall and Oates. Ooh, a lot of Hall and Oates. Ooh, love Hall and Oates. Some Elton John in there. Some Queen, and then you got like you get like the random like. It's a lot of one hit wonders too. Like Rick yeah. Ashley's gonna be on there. Gotta have Rick Ashley. You got you gotta have those one hit wonders because nothing hits harder at like a white dad barbecue than like a good one hit wonder. Yeah. Like everything just on there. Do you, do you just, have a little Whitney Houston on there? No, not on that playlist, but I do love Whitney. White dads get pumped up to uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody. I should add that to I was just thinking about that. I was like, what Whitney song would go on there? And I was like, actually, I've I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. Plenty of white dads yeah. in jean shorts. Pretty much pretty much all all I the, – the criteria for this playlist is like it doesn't go on the playlist unless you could kind of like two-step to it while holding a Bud Light. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you can't do that, it's not on the playlist. Do you have scenes from an Italian restaurant on there? It is. It definitely is. Now, I absolutely love that song, is. but it might be too long. No, 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 no. That is like a dad ballad right there. That is Ballad's the right word. Yeah. That is like the perfect, 
like Bohemian Rhapsodies on there. Those are probably like the two longest songs on there. And, but, but you know, like if you go to a barbecue, you play that. The White Dads. The amount of the amount of like situations I, I've been in where I get to be on the ox and it's like all like older people and they're like, "This kid knows great music." The yes. amount of times yeah, I hear that is crazy. I fucking man. I sixteen hours on that phone right there. Sixteen you, and a half hour playlist, seventies and eighties hits. You know what it happened though? That playlist was not originally called. It was just a playlist I had. Yeah. I, I, I got past the ox. I was in a I was in a car full of comics. Uh, I was the only white dude. I put that playlist on. And I got roasted. He goes, bro, this is some music white dads will listen to at a barbecue. <laughs> and I changed the name of the playlist after that. And now it became the criteria to make the playlist. And that playlist is one of my favorite playlists I have. And uh, funny story about this playlist. <laughs> Funny story about this playlist. Um, when I lost my virginity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when I lost my virginity. Um, Living here in Allentown. No, 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 no. It's worse than that. <laughs> it's way worse than that. It's the most cliche song you could possibly like. If you were like writing a comedy movie. Yeah. And you had like the nerdy like used to be fat kid. Finally, fucking. I think we're alone now. It fucking it's so. I I'm uh I lose my virginity. I I go back to this girl's place. Uh, I want to I want to guess. I can I guess? You, you can take a couple guesses. All right. I don't want to miss a thing. Aerosmith. Yeah. All right. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. You're I'm out. out. Yeah, okay. yeah. The reveal will be better. I'm just, don't I'm even like, guess I just it. Want, the reveal will be so better. Much. I want to know. So, anyways, um, I uh, I go back to like these dorms with these with like a, a large group of people like boys and girls co-ed you know just a large group of people we're all chilling you yeah. know uh we go back to her uh dorm and we're all chilling we're passing around a joint you know we're having a good time right uh someone goes hey jesse hop on the ox i'm like all right bet i was like you guys want anything in specific and they're like no no, no whatever so i put on the white the music white dance white list dance. to a barbecue i throw it on some bangers start coming on. We got like just a couple like a little bit of Elton John there, a little bit of Queen. We're just vibing. We're high. It's it's a vibe, you know. Yeah. And um, slowly people start funneling out. Yeah. Uh, Closing time plays. They leave. Yeah. No, that, that is a great song, and it's definitely on the playlist. <laughs> but uh, but no. So everyone is starting to funnel out, and then it comes down, and it's just like uh, me and her left. And um, she, like, we start kind of making the moves. We're doing, like, the little... Working, on your, night moves. Moves. working on your night moves. Yeah, we're, we're doing... dropping the, countless yes, song references. Countless <laughs> song references of, like, what is on the playlist. But we're, like, doing, like, the fucking... The, that pre-hookup, like, hey... It's the uh, dance. It's yeah, like it's, two, the dance. it's like in the show National Geographic, and it's like a bird. Yeah. A bird's feathers are out. It's that. Yeah. You're and, like, oh, what about this? And then so we're making out, and the music's still going on. I'm not even paying attention because right. in my head I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to. This okay. is great. This is I'm about to have sex. This is crazy. Uh, so the music is at the very back of my mind because when you're a virgin, you're like, oh shit, sex is about to happen. This is crazy, you know. Like you don't think about anything else going on. Uh, so. Uh, we get to the point, and then she goes, hey, I have condoms in my nightstand. I was like, fucking awesome. So I grab one of those, because uh, always be safe. 
Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I pointed straight to the camera for it, too. I was like, fucking be safe, guys. You don't want a kid. Uh, <laughs> oh, fucking monsters. Uh, but no, so I was like, I grab a condom. I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. Uh, and then, like, as we're, like, as it's, like, starting up, it's You Shook Me All Night Long by oh, ACDC. wow. But, but that's, like, that's already halfway yeah, done. Yeah. It's already halfway done as it started. So I make it to the next song. The next song. I lost my virginity. So I feel like you can't even write this into a oh funnier song. I lost my virginity to You Make My Dreams Come True <laughs> by all the notes. Oh, man. I fucking, like, I was holding back a laughter <laughs> as I was having sex. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Dude. I was like. She's making um, your dreams come true. Yeah. Man. And then I was like, I like, I had it fucking. I had my like fucking pump synced up with the oo I was like, fucking, let's do this thing. Well, with the double pump. That's great, it was man. Like, oh my god, it was such a fucking embarrassing. Because like, so afterwards, uh, we get done, and then she just throws on like Netflix, and we're watching it, and uh, we're watching it, and it's just like, uh, just going back and forth. I was like, so the music didn't really fit, huh? And she goes, no, not at all. I was like, I was like, yeah, I didn't. I, I was like, I didn't know we were gonna hook up. Like that, I would have played something else. And she was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I right, never is, talked to her again. <laughs> I, I never did. Also, it gets weirder because like we were in dorms, so there was bunk beds. I didn't know her roommate was sleeping on the bed above us. Oh. <laughs> Like, that was wild to me. Because, like, we had a full-ass hangout smoking and just her roommate just, like, sleeping just gets off the bunk and she goes, I'm glad you guys are done. I was like, oh, what the fuck just happened? That's weird. That's <laughs> Very weird for her bizarre. to sit there and listen to the whole time. Yeah, no. It was wild. Weird. I've never. But also, what roommate. would you do in that situation? Your roommate on the bottom bunk just starts fucking. The thing. You can't leave during you that. You can't leave during it. But... If you commit to staying there, you either have to like hear you have to wait till he leaves. You have to like hear the little makeout, pre makeout, and you have to like get out of there quickly. Cause then you're still you can still save that. Yeah. If you stay the whole time like she did, she can't go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. She can't leave until like everybody is out. <laughs> everybody has to leave that building. Not building the the dorm for her to like leave. No, but it was it was wild because her roommate and then the girl I slept with had a fight. Oh wow! About like she's like she's like oh you're always bringing people over and I was like thank God I work on them. It's like Jesus Christ. Uh, but she's like you're always bringing people over. You have no respect for like my personal space. And then uh, and they were yelling. And then, <laughs> and then like, they were yelling. Yeah, they were yelling. And, and uh, wait, were you there the whole time? Just the like, whole shirtless, time. shirtless. Like okay. Yeah, I was just like this is weird for you guys. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then uh, her roommate's like, I'm going to go make ramen. And I was like, that's a weird thing to yell. <laughs> and then she offered some to me, but not to her roommate. She was like, do you want any ramen? Uh, and, of course, I, I was like, yeah, I'll take some ramen. Because I, like, I was high. I was like, fuck yeah. And then you know, she goes to make ramen. And, like, the girl I just had sex with was like, why would you take ramen? You clearly saw me and her were fighting. I was like, I was like, I don't know. Ramen sounds good. I was like, ramen sounds great right now. I was like, you're just mad she didn't offer it to you. I was right, like, 
I was like, I'm having a great night. You just had sex with me. She's making me ramen. This is awesome. <laughs> and that's where that's where the whole, uh, you had your inception of, uh, all right, now I'm going to be Pete Davidson 2.0. You're like, I'm going to hook up with all the ladies right then and there. Yeah, after, no. after Hall and Oates, you're like, now I have to go on a tear. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if it went like that. Did it? Is it now affected you psychologically speaking with sex to where you can't finish unless you listen to Hall and Oates? No, 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 no. Thank God. I just don't listen to music now when it happens. Yeah. I don't. I. Because I, here's the other thing. I know a lot of people listen to music. There's no real actual good music to have sex to. Mm-hmm. There's a, not. There's like people are like, oh, you should have sex to this kind of music. And you're like, no. Right. Like people are like, oh, R&B. I'm yeah. like, that's way too like. That's way too passionate for the kind of sex I'm having. <coughs> like, like uh, R&B, 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 you go, R&B, that's just way too much. That R&B is for making love. I don't make love. I fuck. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not built for making love. I, I fuck. <laughs> but it's like, not built for making. yeah, I know it's the worst. And it's just like, I, oh boy. I'm, I'm I think like, you have to be in love first to make it, Jesse. Yeah, well, so no, I, I've been in love before. I was, uh, so I was just, I was just in like a semi-long relationship. And like, uh, that was, we very much did not listen to R&B for that music, for that, thank God. <laughs> but I was like, ah, it's, uh, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. You got anything else you would like to chat about before we leave the, the listener? I don't know. I put it up. I put it up on my Instagram on like what we should talk about. And the one suggestion that I got twice, actually, two people, I posted the one time, but someone was like, "Talk about your breakup." I was like, "I don't really know what to say about it." I was like, "I don't know." I, we talked about how I dyed my hair after yeah. it, but uh, I don't know what to say about it because it's like most breakups. This fucking siren is such a pain in the ass. I've recorded three episodes out here. I live the hospital. Mount Sinai is like right there or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like right over there. Oh, this is boy. great for the camera. This is great. Yeah. So, <laughs> first take, final cut. But no, so people were like, hey, you should talk about oh, the Oh, here comes the fire engine. Hold the on. The fire engine's passing now. Oh, my God. Hurry up and tell me about this breakup story. Okay, so this fucking, uh, they were like, tell me about the breakup. And I was like, I don't know what there is to tell. Like, most breakups, when they happen, I try to like... When I'm the so when I get dumped, I try to find out what I can do to be better. Right. Moving forward, I have to have that closure moment, that conversation. Yeah, you know. And girls don't want to have that conversation. And so like, I want to have this. Here's the problem. I've been I've been the dumper twice in my life. Yeah. Majority still- of the time, I am the dumpy. Okay. And every time I get dumped, I get hit with the "it's not you, it's me" type of thing. Right. And like. I'm seeing a pattern here. Yeah. I'm starting to realize, all right, maybe it is me. All right. I keep getting told it's not you, but maybe it is. Maybe it is. And uh, I got hit with like the, it's not you, it's me type of thing. And like those types of reasons. And it was like, also she dumped me over text message, which is tough, which is tough. It's always tough. Uh, But like moving forward, I was like, I always like going into my next relationship. I'm like, I want to prevent how the last one ended for the next one, you know? And, like, I'm trying to be better, but, like, the only way I can be better, like, from this personal experience is just get shittier cell reception. Like, <laughs> like I was like, I don't know if that's an improvement or not. I was like, should I just switch over to, like, Sprint? <laughs> Fucking... 
That's why I'm AT and T for life, baby. AT and T for life, like, baby. Yeah. But I appreciate you coming out here, Jesse. Man, it's been awesome to have you. Uh, yeah, this you're is a great comic. Tell the people where they can find you at if you got any shows coming up. Yeah, uh, so every Thursday night, I am uh, at Greenwich Village Comedy Club on their house shows, nine thirty. Uh, I'll be on every single Thursday night show for them. Uh, first week of September, I'll be back in Baltimore, where I'm from, for the Baltimore Comedy Festival. Uh, what else? I don't. I don't think I have any other like regular yeah. occurrence. And every stuff, Thursday but... night, you can find me home alone. That's where you can find me, the listener. Well, I don't know when is this coming out. Uh, this will come out either. This should come out tomorrow on Tuesday. On Tuesday? Okay. So this personal Thursday uh, is one where I won't be at Greenwich. I'll actually be at a buddy of our show, uh, Joey Rinaldi's show, Bad Trip Comedy, at the Tiny Cupboard. I'm very excited about this. Love that. Because I'm not a big storytelling guy. You just uh, told a couple I know. of great stories. I know. On stage, though, I'm not a big storyteller. Yeah. I'm very, like, laughs per minute, like that kind of stuff. And uh, when Joey came to me, he goes, hey, I really want you to do my storytelling show. I got a story. For Why like, didn't he have you do the stand-up spot to open then? He's had me host recently. I, I know. This, I know. But, like, the, the, this, you know how you brought up Max? Yeah. Be Max is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So here's the deal with this. He saw me do a story. at. He had a storytelling mic back in the day. And I told this story about my parents getting a divorce in Disney World. Oh, wow. Yes. Fucking wild story. I feel like we don't have enough time to we'll tell say, that anymore. We'll, we'll let, do it on another yeah, one. Yeah, we'll, that sounds I'll be great. And also, yeah. it's like the people, like, now you've teased it. Now they have yeah. to come see you on Thursday. Yeah, so he saw that story and he's like, dude, you're such a good storyteller. I want you to write a story for my show. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Uh, I was like, I was like, I can't promise that it'll be like super punched up and like yeah. the laughs per minute will be there. And he's like, it's whatever, man. Just bring in a story. Like, I want you to do a story on my show. I was like, okay. And I was like, that's where Joey knew. Joey knows me too well. Cause I told him, I was like, it won't be super punched up. Like it's like, but if I'm going on stage, it has to be super punched up. So the past two weeks, I've been working on this, like, 10 minutes of material. Oh, wow. And it's just been – it's been getting super punched up. I have a callback for it. Like, it's been, like, very – it's been getting very tight. And I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. So I'm very excited for this Thursday show at Tiny Cupboard. I'm pumped to watch uh, it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I'll talk about the Pete Davidson story in a little bit more depth. And then I'll also – tell the entirety of the dislocating my knee story okay and uh because the the theme of the show is drunk stories and yeah i was drunk on both of those nights yeah man yeah so i'm pumped to see it you know me i'm always there essentially show running it so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i'll, I'll so, be there and uh it's great man again where can they follow you at I don't they know can you follow me at i'm jesse townsend on both instagram twitter tiktok all of those my website is jesse-townsend.com and uh my merch should be going live very soon, so look for that. The merch is hot. It's merch fucking is hot. dope, yeah. All right, well, thanks for stopping by. Again, I'm Franklin Miller. You can follow me at Franco's World underscore. Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about it, all that stuff. Make sure to follow Jesse. He's a great comic, really funny dude. And uh, keep taking care of yourselves. I'll see you guys when I see you. Peace.